1: Hey friends, my name is Adam McRoberts, founder of Big Things Crewing, where we want you to do big things. Do you need a training plan? Do you need a coach? Do you need some motivation to get out and get on those big runs? Maybe you need some crew or pacers for an ultramarathon. Maybe maybe you know of an ultra marathon that's going on this year. I know of a couple. I think there's going to be a lot of them in the fall time. If you guys need help, give us a shout. We got your back. That's what we're here for. Big Things Crewing. That's big-things-crewing.com. I'm your host of the Do Big Things podcast. I've got a great guest for you today. His name is John Sharp, otherwise known as Sharpie. I met this guy in 2015. He's this crazy Texas dude who uh, likes to get up in the mountains and and likes to get after it. And he just did something that is pretty tough for me to even wrap my brain around. He ran a 1,000 kilometers in 12 days. So that's over 600 miles and it averages out to about 50 miles a day in 12 days. And it's pretty incredible. Uh, it's, he, it's the great virtual race across Tennessee that he was a part of, and uh, instead of taking a couple months to get this thing done, he just decided to go out and get after it and get it done in 12 days. And you know, he ended up with second place, and it's quite an accomplishment. And John's an interesting guy, and he's got an interesting story as well. So I couldn't wait to talk to him, and I hope you guys dig our conversation. Without further ado, Mr. John Sharp, a.k.a. Sharpie. Mr. John Sharp.
0: Hey, what's going on, Adam? How are you, man?
1: I'm good. How are you doing, brother?
0: Well, I'm doing a lot better now that I just ate a roast that I cooked and some focaccia that I made. <laughs> I'm doing good good. good, good. Ah.
1: Nice. So you got a full belly and a smile on your face? Yeah,
0: it's actually, uh, I am smiling. Yeah. As a matter of fact. <laughs>
1: That's a good thing, man. Yeah. How are you doing tonight? Was the weekend? Oh, sorry. oh I'm, great. I'm great. No, I'm great, dude. Yeah, no worries here, man. Living that good life in Boulder. It was pretty much sunny all weekend. I have a sunburn for the first time in a while, so uh, I'm happy.
0: Wow! Wow!
1: That's that's
0: great. We had a, uh, I think we had a bunch of rain Saturday or Friday night, Saturday morning, and uh, okay. and uh, but I just mostly ran. And uh, Saturday morning, I got my went and picked up my sauna from my buddy's house, and ah, uh, oh, nice.
1: I saw that picture, dude.
0: Yeah, I got a, a two seater, got a good good deal on it. You know, uh, it's a Rocky Mountain. Shauna like supposed to be like the line real nice stuff infrared infrared nice and uh so i think he paid 3500 for it new and he sold it to me for 15 and and helped me set it down and so i did that saturday and um then today i mostly ran and cooked a roast
1: so okay yeah awesome man but i did I used to have a sauna back at my house in Wisconsin. I I, I had to sell it before I moved out here to, to Colorado. That thing so much. Uh, there's benefits with red sauna, especially with this coronavirus crap that's going around. Uh-huh. It's just so beneficial. I'm jealous, man. I was just listening to the Joe Rogan podcast when I was out on a run, and he was talking to Dr. Rhonda Patrick, and they were talking at pretty pretty good length about the the benefits of uh, using a sauna and then getting out of it and jumping. Yeah, I'm not gonna do shower. any of that. <laughs> <laughs> ain't
0: that, that kind of <laughs> crazy? You know, <laughs> I think I'm. A, I'll pass on yeah, that business. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably- I do a lot of <laughs> crazy stuff, but I don't mess around like cool that, man. <laughs> <sing it. laughs> yeah,
1: smart man, smart man. But um, uh, <clears throat> well, so for anybody listening, um, I just wanted to give a, a disclaimer. So John and I talked Friday night, and we had a great conversation. We had an hour conversation, and then the podcast cut off, and then we had a forty-five minute conversation. And then I went back and looked at everything. And the only thing that was really saved was the 45-minute conversation. So we're going to try and recreate that hour, sort of. And then I'm going to try and tag that 45-minute conversation to the end of this. And so we might repeat a couple things. It might sound a little weird. We I don't know how it's going to turn well, out. But and, and just for the maybe, listeners,
0: all right. uh, Adam, uh, that, all of that one way uh, one hour where you didn't have my audio, that's all my fault, man. Uh, cause I hadn't used this app before
1: was and it?
0: my phone was doing funny stuff. And so, okay. uh, that's all me, man. I, let me take that one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. No worries. Hey man, it's a blessing to be able to talk to you more than once and one. Yeah. Weekend, you you so, as well, uh, man. You <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you just finished running a thousand kilometers, which averages to like, an astonishing 50 miles a day or something like that so the the great virtual race across Tennessee so um yeah man break it down for yeah us. so um, hear about it
0: you know it started May 1st and I finished on the 12th around 6 p.m and uh <clears throat> you know they had a lot of race directors had you know started putting together virtual races because a lot of them had you know, swag already for stuff that got canceled because of COVID and, and you know, trying to maintain some revenue streams and stuff like that. And also to, you know, kind of keep the running community connected together. And they've been doing a good job with all that stuff, a lot of uh, race directors out there. So, um, and you know, I wasn't too interested um, in any kind of the virtual stuff. And I was going to stay away from it. And then uh, last came up with, came with this thing he started talking about it and I like Laz and and I was like well you yeah, know okay because the route that he has is an actual real route that he was talking about doing a real race on that's 50 mile a day minimum or you get cut off and so I was like well this would be interesting to see you know how it would go and my original goal was to try to do the out and back in a month or at least 50k a day or something you know and I just thought it was, a you know, a unique challenge to just to see if I could run that much. And so the first Friday on the first, I worked eight hours, but put in about 34 miles. And then I went out to Schubertberg because yeah, we had uh, uh, me and some friends had already planned to walk a portion of the El Camino de la Vaca route. So Saturday I did around 41. And then uh, Sunday I did. 46 I think on the third and then on the fourth I worked the full day but I did about 54 miles and then uh the the first Tuesday and Wednesday I realized you know I wasn't going to be able to work all day and actually do 50 miles a day it was just too much so I talked to my boss and he's pretty lenient and and stuff and so he's like I was like man I need to take a half a day off And for these two days and he's like sure yeah that's fine and so but by Wednesday I'm like man this isn't gonna work I gotta take I gotta take the rest of the time off or I can't do this because I'm just not I don't have enough time so I took uh Thursday Friday off uh of whatever dates that were I forget and then I took Monday and Tuesday off the 11th and 12th and uh, I thought I was going to throw up some big miles, like maybe I'd hit a 70, and it just never happened. I think the most miles I ever did in one day was like 62, and and it damn near broke me down. And, you know, day six, I was going to quit and just be like, oh, I was going to do like 25, and, you know, I'm not going to race anymore. Uh, but I got up and started running at four in the morning, and, and I just it just worked out. Ended up putting up sixty that day. Wow! And uh, then on the ninth, sure. uh, or the ninth day, I'm not sure what day it was on the count. I guess it was the ninth. Man, it I almost got, you know, like it knocked my peter in the dirt, man. Uh, I only did 49 miles, and I was just <laughs> whipped. Uh, but I was able to recover, and uh, so for me, it's more just like a personal challenge, you know, if I could actually run that much. Uh, and you know, it turns out that I was able to, but man, it took took damn to everything I had to be able to do it.
1: Dude, yeah, that's crazy. So, if I understand it right, now you had a month to complete this. No, race, no, you so, got right? four
0: months. It starts. Uh, it started May first, and you have until August thirty first to do six
1: hundred and thirty five miles. So no. it's it's um you know, it's achievable for. And you just what's that? And you just decided to crank it all out as quick as possible. Yeah, you know,
0: I kind of got pretty good in the standings after the first couple days. And some people went and knocked out some big miles. Mm -hmm. But I think I was still like the top 15 or something. And I was like, you know, maybe I could do pretty good at this. And So then I just kind of started getting into it. And because back in April, I was trying to start 100 days of 50K a day. And it only lasted like five days. And I was like, man, this is bullshit. I can't do this um uh, because you know i've been training pretty hard since november uh building mileage and and um uh, and all that could, uh so it just happened to, for me it really just it just you know became the right the right format at the right time and the right type of motivation uh for me right to where i was able to pull it off and it'll probably never happen again i'm not interested and going to, across the years or any of that <laughs> stuff, like, I could never do it on a track. Um, you know, like, yeah, it would yeah. be cool to, you know, if I could, you know, go to a six-day and knock out 500, but I just, I don't think mentally I could do it. I couldn't do it on a one-mile course. There's it, it just no way. So I'll probably never do anything like yeah. this
1: again. Yeah. Well, hey man, hats off to you. You absolutely crushed it and ended up with a second place and uh that's no joke, man. I mean, fifty miles a day. I don't I don't know what I mean that's, that's something else, man. So were you and you were doing most of your running from the house. Yeah, right? so I would like um, you
0: know, I kinda I kind of you know kind of did it stupid initially and I was I would get up and you know, I would you know, I've I've always done my runs fasted in the morning. I mean, for the last, since I've been ultra running, really, Mm -hmm. uh, so I'd go out and do like 20 miles, 25 miles fasted, and, you know, by mile 20, I'm just, you know, like no energy, and I'd be walking the last five and, you know, barely maintaining 1250 pace or, you know, 1230, and so, and then finally, I was like, you know, I got to start eating in the morning, Uh, because once I did that, then I was just in the tank all day, and you can't, Couldn't really get out of it. And then early on, I was Mm -hmm. that first uh, full week. um, Yeah, I'd go out for like 18 mile in the middle of the day in Texas. And and it was, I don't think it got over 90 ever. I can't really, I don't really know. But uh, that was dumb, right? You shouldn't go out with no food for 18 miles and just try to hit water spigots on the, you know, on the side of apartment buildings and businesses and stuff. And so, you know, I really, I was making it a lot harder than it needed to be. And I didn't even realize it. that I was doing the right thing. And then finally I'm like, man, you know, if I just went and ran like 10 miles and came back, I could eat some food, you know, because I didn't want to have to carry a pack and all that. I just had a water bottle or two. And sometimes I would have my you know, ultimate direction belt with a little, f- little fanny pack, you know, like they used mm-hmm. to have in the 80s. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, so finally i kind of got what's Bring that the fanny packs back, bringing uh, the fanny packs you know, back.
0: I, i'm gonna use that for uh for no one's this year because uh you put a lot of food in there and you know you don't have to take your pack off and stuff so and they've got the little pocket where you can have a pouch in the front and a pouch in the back and you know you could probably put about 15 payday bars in there and uh you never have to take your pack off to eat there you
1: go you know? there and you go. that's
0: it yeah and it, it keeps that's you convenient. moving and and stuff so i'm kind of you know like hey i need to do this uh because if you can't get to your food then like you, you just won't eat you know <clears throat> so yeah um cool. <clears throat> so anyway later on in the week i was like well let me do a little bit shorter runs and uh and then come back and eat, take, you know, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, sit down, maybe elevate my feet a little bit. And so I started getting a little better, but you know, I had so many miles, you know, that I had accumulated that, you know, <clears throat> that was the only thing that helped me maintain the mileage. I couldn't really go beyond because it was too many miles already.
1: No kidding. So you were so. What you would do was you'd go off in the morning and run ten miles or so fast, and then come back and eat, and then make one or one or two more trips uh, out throughout well, the day. I
0: wouldn't say any of them were fast, Adam. <laughs> I, 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 uh, <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I probably never ran food. a mile faster than than nine thirty pace or ten. <laughs> you
1: know. uh, no, well, you do, man. You just got to go out there and put those miles up. No, no, I mean uh, like 10 miles in the morning, fasted hmm. like on an empty stomach.
0: Yeah, 10 or 15 or 18, 18 miles. And, okay. you know, you shouldn't do that. And okay. so, you know, later on in the week, I'd wake up and make a, a you know, a little bag of, you know, the <clears throat> four serving bag of instant potatoes with like a, three tablespoons of butter and salt. I'd have that for breakfast. And, you know, that really, oh,
1: yeah. that really made a big
0: difference, you know.
1: And then I had, uh, I can imagine,
0: uh, you know, I bought, you know, they, they quit making the, uh, they redesigned the Nike wild horse. They got the version six out and it, and I've got a pair and i have never actually running them and I, and they just look ridiculous. And so I've been running in the wild horse since they came out. And so I bought like, I think 30 pairs of, uh, of the version five. They're like, I'm serious. I got like five boxes in my house full of fucking brand new shoes and boxes. And, uh, so I've got, you know, elevens eleven and 11 and a half, 12. And, uh, so it really worked out for me because, you know, I had kind of in, the about, you know, eight, nine, you know, seven, day seven, whatever, you know, feet start swelling. And so I went up to a 12 for a day and then they, then they, then they quit swelling and they went back oh, wow. to normal. So then I went back, back down to 11 and a half and then back to 11. So I got real lucky with that too. <laughs>
1: Wow. Unreal. So, dude, I, yeah, I just can hardly imagine 50 miles a day average. It's just pretty crazy, man. So, I mean, you've just been completely crushing it since November. And, um, so tell us how all that kind of shook out. I mean, when I knew you uh, back in 2015, I think we met, you know, um, training together, you were a good guy. Um, I know you enjoyed a beer every once in a while and, uh, you know, coming out from Texas, doing the peaks and stuff that we were doing is, is obviously no joke. And, uh, I could tell that you were feeling it from time to time, but I just feel like it, at this point in the year, you're just on fire and you're just in better shape than ever. So, um, yeah. How did that, yeah, that all start uh, in November?
0: Um, uh, I am, I am probably in the best shape and my only fear is, I mean, of getting hurt. uh but uh, to answer your question, you know, uh, mm-hmm. back at the end of October last year, uh, I was, you know, seeing seeing a girl for almost four years, uh, knew her for about six, and, and so we ended up uh, ending our relationship, and so it was pretty tough on me. And uh, <clears throat> so, you know, I just started running because, you know, I didn't really have anything else to do, and, and uh, uh, it was pretty, you know – uh, how would you say it? Kind of distraught and that sort of thing, and and so I just did the only thing I really know that would help was run, and started running a lot, and and uh, you know I had been uh, uh, <clears throat> you know drinking quite a bit you know for shit my whole life, and and uh, so after about two months, I was like you know I might as well just go ahead and try to quit drinking, and uh, after I. Talk with a buddy of mine and he was kind of telling me his stories about because he had quit drinking for about two years now and and he had, you know had gotten fired from his job and was in rehab and you know a lot of things that were pretty bad you know that he, he went through because he was drinking so much and I was like well you know I haven't really you know had any kind of problems like that but you know I'm not really happy with my life and I'm not you know I don't have a lot of uh you know, confidence and uh, self-esteem, and you know, I kind of felt like uh, you know, drinking was kind of getting in the way of uh, of my running. You know, for the last mm-hmm. you know four four or so years uh, specifically, and uh, I wasn't able to to do. I was pulling pulling off some good races, but you know, I was struggling and and uh, I just felt like you know, this was kind of the right time to to try to you know come, become a better person you know and so I figured quitting drinking is probably the first thing I needed to do uh, and then I started seeing a a therapist lady about once a week uh, since the beginning of the year for like an hour and uh, so that's been really good uh, uh, to kind of talk through a lot of stuff like from when you're a kid all the way up to now and, and try to un- unwrap all the stuff that that you've been covering up for the last 20 years because you drink a lot you know and and uh so it's been pretty good and uh Mm -hmm. it's been helping me stay on track uh but yeah kind of the first step was was the breakup and then the second step was quitting drinking and and then you know then you got to deal with all that stuff that you've been like say you were covering up and and uh that hit pretty hard about february and uh and I was, February is really, really tough month for me. Cause I DNF, the Franklin's 200, you know, I just quit. And, and so I had that weighing on me and then, you know, all the, you know, the, uh, like depression and uh, stuff that, you know, you've been trying to, you know, hide for so long. And, and uh <clears throat> so that's kind of how, that's kind of how it all started. Uh, and that's kind of where I'm at now. Um, uh, You know, I, if I go back to late 18, we had a a voluntary separation package at our work where people could take and, you know, take a, a, a big lump payment and leave the company. And so a lot of people that I worked with mm-hmm. for 10, 15, 20 years all left. And so, you know, I think I didn't realize it at the time, but, you know, most of 2019, I was pretty depressed because of that. Um uh, I didn't really know much about it. I was reading this guy's book named uh, Terence Real, I think, called about male depression, and uh, and I was like, oh shit, yeah, I guess I was probably fucking depressed all of nineteen, you know, and and then you got the different ways, it, you know, it manifests itself, either covert or or overt depression, and and uh, you know, so you know, my relationship was kind of on the rocks towards the middle of 19 anyway uh because i was you know more irritable which is mm-hmm. kind of a you know with overt depression type symptom and and uh so uh but it's been good like you know kind of getting all that unraveled and figured out what the fuck's going on uh so you know i could get yeah. get right and get you know my self-esteem built back up and and uh my fitness And, uh, my running and, and, you know, just trying to be a better person where, you know, I get along better with other people and try to, you know, try to put people first a little more and, you know, not, you know, worry so much about, you know, if somebody's trying to take advantage of me or something like that and always guarding against that, you know, and, uh, so it's been, uh, you know, the last, uh, last seven months have been been a like real, real big learning experience for me. Uh, and I'm kind of glad everything's shook out the way it did, you know, like I needed
1: it. So, Yeah, dude. Yeah, man. I mean, so the name of this podcast, you know, is Do Big Things. And uh, I'm all about doing big things. And it, it's not just physically like going out and running a thousand kilometers in 12 days, that's obviously a big thing, but you know, getting in touch with our, our mental side and our emotional state and trying to get that in check. And if that means reaching out for help from a stranger and, and that's what it takes to, to get your head right, then I'm, I'm all in support of it. And, uh, you know, like I told you before, I quit drinking, uh, about four years ago myself and, you know, for me, that was a huge step. It was a big thing. And but that wasn't all that it took, you know, I quit drinking, but then my mind was still a mess. You know, I wasn't really getting any better. So yeah, I had to go out and seek, seek help. And I had to, uh, you know, call up some strangers that have been through the same thing and ask them what, what they went through and what their experience was. And the whole thing, it's, it's, you know, it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight, but man, I, I commend you because uh that's, it's, it's huge. That's, that's a life-changing thing. I mean, even if you only quit drinking for like a year, you know, I mean, you learned a lot about yourself in this year. So yeah, I, you I, think know, it's I had fantastic. Talked to talk
0: uh, to four different, uh, you know, men that, you know, I look up to and respect and, you know, they're, we're all in the same, uh, you know, peer group, you know, we're all, you know, within, plus or minus you know 5 years of, of age and and uh and all four of them you know I talked with them and they're like yeah you know you probably should you know kind of go find someone to talk to and and uh <clears throat> you know cuz they had disclosed to me that uh you know they did the same thing and, and I was like oh wow you know and cuz like mental health you know especially you know if you want to call it patriarchy or whatever they call male or whatever it's called but, uh, you know, you kind of, we're not really raised to, you know, we're kind of socialized out of that stuff, you know, like we don't really like, ah, oh, it'll be fine. And you just kind of ignore it. Uh, and uh, so I was kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. wow. Okay. Yeah. Maybe if these four guys went and talked to someone, maybe I should probably do it too. You know, maybe it'll work out for me. And, and uh, I really just looked on the internet and there was a lady, you know, just down the street, had an office and, and she deals a lot with uh, soldiers and PTSD and uh, a lot of, uh, you know, kind of, you know, initial trauma. And then, you know, the coping strategies that, you know, you use when you're young to deal with the trauma and then how it becomes, uh, you know, negative later on in life. And uh, so I was thinking like, oh, I'll give it 90 days and see how it goes. And, you know, the first four or five sessions, I was like, man, this is bullshit. And, you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to come back, but I was Mm -hmm. like, you know, I went this far. Let me just let me just keep showing up and see what happens and end up that, you know, I I got a lot of respect Mm -hmm. for her because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, she's worked with a lot of people that probably been through a lot more shit than I've been through. And um, so she's kind of, you know, right now we're working on uh, uh, because she said, like, you know, she doesn't really do like a clinical diagnosis of your problem until if you're a substance abuse user or a substance user abusing substances or whatever. And, uh, so after about three months, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, <clears throat> cause I, when I went to see her, I had been sober for like seven days. And so after about three months, he's like, look, man, you know, like here's the deal. Uh, you know, you don't have a lot of empathy and you don't know how to communicate and <clears throat> you know, you don't like being vulnerable, uh, around people that you know that you care for because you don't want to get hurt so that's what we're going to work on and I was like oh okay well, that's that, that's all sounds pretty reasonable it doesn't sound that bad so uh, and because of the COVID you know we've just been doing like those uh tele telepresence meetings you know uh, nothing face to face for like the last month and a half well, uh, but it's kind of nice because I can sit here at home and I can take notes and so I gotta you know you know, I got six, yep. seven sessions worth of notes that I've been able to take. And, and, uh, but yeah, I kind of ended up, uh, having a lot of respect for that, uh, you know, at first I was like, ah, oh, you know, just a head shrinker lady, like whatever. And, uh, but it's been pretty nice, you know, actually. So I was, I was kind of glad that my four buddies, you know, were honest with me and, and, uh, let me know how, you know, stuff they went through and, and that encouraged me to, to do the same thing. So.
1: Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Thank God for those buddies, you know, I mean, um, yeah, right time, right place. and, And you were, you were at the right place in your life where, where you were open to it, you know, I mean, picking up that phone the first time, you know, it's like a thousand pound phone like, do I really want to make this call to a stranger and really start laying myself out there to try and dissect it all? Like we're hardwired to just kind of, especially as not only as men, but as ultra runners that, you know, we can get through this. I'm just going to power through, like I can do this on my own. I can do way harder things on my own. So I can definitely do this. No, that's but that's, not that's definitely was true.
0: You know, I had a couple, uh, you know, a couple of cry sessions and, and all that stuff, you know, and, and, uh, but you know it's just part of you know kind of like the i don't know grieving process for you know shit that happened 20 years ago you know and like uh my dad he passed away as like 15 and mm-hmm. and uh you know we didn't have no insurance really back then you know didn't you know have no money like mom didn't have no money and and so you never really got any help and uh so you know that probably was you know you know, just another problem that didn't get dealt with and then, you know, all the problems that, you know, you have, you know, the for the first for the first fifteen years before that comes down, you know, and and uh uh <clears throat> so we kinda I kinda grew up in a country area and you know, country folks and you know you just gotta be tough and you know go go do what you gotta do and and stuff that's kinda how they tell you you know to get over stuff you know like yeah just quit quit being a little bitch and go handle it and uh so you don't you don't really get a lot of a lot of help and you know like if you look at you know mental health has probably come a long way in the last 40 years from whenever they were you know our parents were are you know 30 years old and uh 20 or whatever it was and And so, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have the stigma, I think, like it it probably did 30, 40 years ago either. So, uh, so it's a kind of a different world, you know, like uh, we're, uh, you know, it's not a do or die situation every day. Like, you know, I got a good job and, you know, I'm not struggling for anything. And, you know, I'm not having to worry about, you know, layer, you know, level one of the hierarchy of needs. Right. I got all that met, you know, and and uh so you know really you know most all of the you know the, the basic stuff is all taken care of and uh for me and and uh so I don't have to go fight every day about if I'm gonna get laid off or how I'm gonna put food on the table like a lot of people have to do which is unfortunate but uh so I'm able to really focus on this uh therapy stuff with the therapy lady and, and, you know, kind of get a pretty good benefit from it. So it's been pretty good.
1: That's awesome. I know, man, you're hundred percent right. Like uh, the mental health and um, the therapy and stuff like that is, is definitely come a long ways from like, yeah, our, our parents' generation. I mean, you think about it, you know, people who were going to therapy back then were, you know, people that were kind of crazy and and pretty wigged out about, you know, whatever, PTSD and whatnot. And nowadays therapy is just like almost just one more tool in the big tool bag of, you know, trying to stay healthy. You know, you got to be mentally healthy as well as physically healthy. And, you know, you hear of all kinds of people that, you know, you think they're completely put together and you find out they're in therapy, you know, so it's just yeah, That's kind of another thing yeah. nowadays.
0: Yeah, but I agree. I mean yeah. like, you know, Everyone you got a <laughs> you know, massage therapist, you know, you got a mental therapist, you know, what I mean like it's just you know, you go uh right. just like you say it's a just another just another tool so you can, you know, reach that that self-actualization level mm-hmm. of of and become the become the person that that we that we all that we all
1: can become, you know. So which is uh, absolutely so. Um, do you think that getting your your mental health sort of under wraps and, and working on that is helping fitness? Uh, well, I think
0: uh, not drinking probably helped it the most,
1: <laughs> you know,
0: because you know it's hard to get up in the For morning sure. with a hangover yeah. and go run 20 yeah. miles, you know what I mean? And I, I, yeah. I'll probably tell you I'll that say. it was probably harder to. You know, that last summer I walked from from uh, Luzanne, Switzerland to Rome uh, over about three week period. And uh, you know, I was probably doing about 15 drinks a day and I was doing about 28 miles average. And it was almost easier to run 50 miles a day than it was to walk <laughs> 28 and and have 16 drinks, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <I can't>. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sure you got some oh, good yeah. stories. Oh yeah, out of it, I met though, some right? uh,
0: real nice uh couple from Sweden one time and and uh we were talking about Cormac McCarthy and and uh he's a big fan and we were talking about books and cuz I you know, I don't know any Italian except for like Rousey and uh a couple other ones. I think uh Derce and you know, just the real basic. But uh anyway, so it was nice to talk to somebody new English. <laughs> Uh, that really because there's not a lot of people out there like the Camino in Spain. I mean, the one in Spain, you meet 50 people a day, and uh, there's probably of those 21 days, there's probably 12 days, maybe 15, that I didn't talk to anyone that knew English, you know. And uh, so, you get pretty, you know, you, wow. you know, you already, yeah. <clears throat> you know, you get pretty lonely but anyway. So, we met up, so I just spent the whole day with them, and then met some uh lady from from South Africa, so she knew English real good and it was like the best day and Then we got done and we went and had like tapas and drinks <laughs> you know as a like aperitifs or whatever and and then we went to dinner and you know like borsi and grappa and beer and you know just like so I woke up the next day man I was like man i'm I'm in a bind, <laughs> you know, and uh so uh but it was that was a real fun that was a real fun day that day uh and uh i just sent him a postcard a couple weeks ago over to sweden and it was real funny because i was like oh y'all are from sweden y'all ultra runners and they're like yeah and i said do y'all know do y'all know the great johan steen right and uh he's like the swedish 48 hour Mm -hmm. national record Mm -hmm. holder and you know he's won big's backyard a couple times he just and he's such a nice guy you know too and uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, we, well, we know of him. I was like, well, one one time uh, at Barclay, he was cold, and I hugged him for like 30 minutes, <laughs> you know. And they're
1: like, oh, my God, you know.
0: <laughs> so it was really fun,
1: <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's awesome. So That's awesome. But we had, had a pretty yeah, – it was it – was, We made some yeah. good stories. We made some good stories back – we... That's killer, dude. So, so, so late last year, early this year, you you kind of got all that under wraps. And then, uh, what about your diet? Like, um, like no offense at all, but when I knew you back in 2015, you were definitely carrying around a couple extra pounds, and I was probably a couple extra pounds lighter than I wanted to be as well. But, oh, oh yeah, um, totally. Did you uh, clean up your diet. I, you know, well? I clean that
0: up. Uh, you know, uh, probably. In October of last year, I was sitting somewhere between 185 and 190. And uh, in 18, you know, I got up to 205 in 18. And I even uh, did a, a thing at the gym where they oh. do the fat scan and they scan you for body fat and, you and, um. know, uh, I was 200 pounds. And I got the report, you know, I had a lot of body fat and all that stuff. And uh, so, yeah, so what I did on the diet front was uh, – you know, I started eating less for one and I quit drinking. So, you know, I just, you know, wiped off like 2000 calories right off the bat. And, um, uh, and then I kind of started doing like, uh, intermittent fasting and, uh, and almost like a keto type diet where, uh, so I was, <clears throat> you know, having meal replacement, yep. the Atkins meal replacement bars and shakes, peanut butter, MCT oil, uh, you know, no, no bread, uh, no rice, no potatoes, uh, some salads. And that was about it. You know, that's what I've been eating for like the past seven months. Uh, every once in a while, I just had three pieces of cheesecake with my dinner, but they were real small, like the tiny ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So hey,
1: that's allowed. That's all right. Yeah. Um, you so yeah, I did.
0: I cleaned up the diet and changed it up a lot. Uh, And, you know, I found that, you know, I still had plenty of energy, and I wasn't as hungry because the fat uh, makes you feel satiated, so you're not as hungry. And uh, then I was trying to keep in my uh, calorie load at about 1,500 calories a day uh, for the most part, and uh, I just downloaded this app called Lose It and started logging everything. It's real simple. Uh, You can scan barcodes, and it'll pop right up, and, and so... Uh, we were. I was able to to track that. A friend of mine told me about it, and and then really get a sense of like you know portions control and and because uh, I mean you kind of know like oh yeah that's a lot and but you don't really know until you start you know logging it daily and you're like shit I just had twenty five hundred calories and um, but you only really need about fifteen hundred and you can run <laughs> twenty miles a day on fifteen hundred uh, you know as long as you're not running you know, above, okay. you know, 85% max heart rate on your runs. If you're staying in that math zone, you know, uh, 75, 80%, which is, right. I mean, there's probably, I would probably say 75% of most ultra runners are probably, well, actually probably every runner in the damn hit in the world are, are running too fast and aren't running enough. And uh, uh, that'd be my, general Mm -hmm. prognosis or diagnosis or whatever you call it. But, uh, so yeah, I really, you know, been running, you know, basically long and slow and, uh, you know, staying in that fat burning zone and just building, uh, mitochondria and, and, uh, and endurance, you know, and, uh, resilience for just being on your feet for a long time. And, and so, uh, it's been working out. The diet's been working real good. And, and uh, I think I got up this morning and I was I was finally under 160 on first first day wake up weight uh, so, from my heaviest. That's like 46 wow. pounds uh, from 18.
1: Jeez. Yeah, that's a lot of weight. That's no joke. I know, man. I've seen the pictures. You look. You look just shredded right now. It looks like you're not carrying any fat whatsoever. And it's like a little (laughs) muscle now
0: people like, Oh, do you lift? Do you go to the gym? Like nah, man, I did all that shit in my twenties. I don't
1: lift weights anymore. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't really have a runner's physique now, but you used to do a lot of lifting uh, back in the day. Right. You know,
0: like back in my early twenties, uh, you know, I used to bench like three sixty five and you know I would <clears throat> you know do three fifteen on the squats for like sets of fifteen reps at a time shit like that and I think my max squat was like four sixty five so you know i was had a lot of muscle and I was real strong uh so now I got less muscle and I don't have any strength, <laughs> which you know I don't really need like well, I ain't gonna be fucking no hay or <laughs> working concrete. Or, Nothing, right? You know, I sit behind a computer and type all day. <laughs> what I need all that muscle right. for, you know?
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> true, yeah, man. So, where did this mentality come from? Uh you're So, I mean, you know, you quit, you quit drinking, you clean up your diet, and then you're just spending most of your time running. And you know, even back in the day, you were just doing a lot of weightlifting and. And powerlifting and all this stuff. Where did this mentality come oh, from? The, the weightlifting. From the military stuff or, or, or um, were you uh, sports in school? Yeah, well, both. I mean, it just sounds like you have this mentality where, you know, one way or another, you're going to be putting a lot of energy into, um, you know, your physical fitness and working out one way or another. I, I have a feeling if you weren't oh, running right now, you'd probably be doing something yeah, else. Yeah, you know, uh, so if you go back to, from?
0: you know, I've always been active. You know, I used to. Had the little basketball hoop on the front of the garage, like everybody everybody did, you know, until they came out with the ones that stand up on the side. But it used to be kind of mounted right above the garage back in the day when we were kids, you know. And uh, I'd go out there and shoot hoops for like two, three hours yeah, nonstop, yeah. you know. I've always been an active person, but I really think that uh, the weightlifting stuff was really a like a self-esteem type thing, uh, you know, like when you're because I was mm-hmm. do, reading some stuff a long time ago, and, and what was really interesting to me, I think, like, a lot of kids, they'll, they'll, st- they'll start using steroids when they're, like, 12 years old, 12, 13 years old. How the hell they get them? I don't know. I've never seen them. But, uh, but I was reading a, a study on it. You know, this is wow. probably 20 years ago, 25 years ago. And it was, you know, because, you know, for self-esteem, you know, like I'm going to go to the gym and be big, and that way nobody can can hurt me and they won't mess with me because, you know, I'm big and strong and stuff. And so it probably has something to do with that. And uh, then it just became what I did Uh uh, for probably from the eighth grade until, uh, I don't know, It's probably about 23 or so. uh, And I ended up getting uh, heat-induced urticaria, which means you break out into hives when you sweat. This is probably like around 2002. 2001. And uh, I think it's from the anthrax vaccination uh, that I got in the army. Uh, cause I know a lot of people that have this sort of problem, either cold or heat induced. And So then I had to quit lifting because every time I'd go to gym, like I would, I could, my breathing would be constricted and, you know, my skin would itch and it'd be all spotty and all this stuff. And, and uh finally, you know, I take a every day now, but finally figured out what it was and how to treat it. And uh, uh, so, but I kind of, you know, and at the same time, I started going to school at night, <clears throat> you know, I was working full time, going to school full time at night for like from 02 to 06. And so I just quit lifting because I didn't have time. Uh, you know, initially I quit because of, the uh, you know, breaking down into mm-hmm. hives. And and then I've about that time is uh, uh, in 07 is when I started running. So, uh, but I mean, it took, you know, it took thirteen years to run out muscle off. <laughs> you know, uh, and I still got, I still got plenty. You know, <laughs> right? And I, but I haven't lifted serious weight. Oh yeah, since probably two thousand five. I mean, you know.
1: Yeah. Wow, unreal. Yeah, man. Well, that's fantastic. Um, yeah. So, um, what have you well, learned through all this, uh, man? Um,
0: a lot, you know, like I learned that, uh, tone's right. And, and, uh, go ahead. My, my running mentor told me a long time ago, <laughs> he says, he says, cause I was doing like some cross training and kettlebell stuff and, and deadlifts and all this stuff, you know, and this is like back in 09 and when I first started getting ready for hard rock back then, you know, first year that I was able to get in and, uh, He says, you know, John, and a lot of people call me Sharpie. I got this nickname in ultra running called Sharpie. And, and, uh, but anyway, it's like, uh, you know, if you want to be good at running, you should try to run more, (laughs) you know, of course, no shit. (laughs) And, uh,
1: but you know, when you're running,
0: you know, seven, eight mile runs, you know, uh, you're like, man, that's a lot of miles. You know, I ran, I ran 60 miles this week, man. I'm, I'm a runner, you know? And you are, uh, but, you know,
1: yeah.
0: you start hitting 120-plus miles a week, then your perspective changes, you know what I mean? And you realize that 60 wasn't enough, and uh, then I've read, you know, a bunch of – I used to do uh, run coaching for, like, mid-pack-type ultra-runner people uh, for a few years back in 15 and 16. Uh, So I had – you know, I read a a bunch of books – on, you know, run coaching and, you know, you know, lore of running Maffetone's book. Um, Yeah. I got Coop's book and uh, how Higdon, all the people, you know, Galloway and everybody, and just kind of seeing how you're really supposed to do it. And um, um, so, you know, basically, you know, I finally, finally learned how to run without getting hurt. And uh so I've been real fortunate so yeah. far. Um uh, and you know, and then also I kind of you know learned a little bit about myself, like you know, like you know, you go through a lot of stuff in your life and and you know, you can you can have a choice, you know, when it comes, you can either you can either uh you know make you can either make the best of it or you can, you know, go drink some more beers or you can ignore it or you could do whatever and and, uh, so I kind of feel like, uh, what's the name, uh, cool hand Luke, uh, when he was, when he was fighting Dragline in the yard and Dragline yeah. kept knocking the shit out of him and knocking him down and, and he just stand back up and, and take another hit, you know, and, and so I kind of feel like that, you know, right now where, you know, I, I could have laid down and quit, you know, this last time and I didn't, you know, I stood up and ready for another hit, you know, and. And uh, but then if I look back, you know, like, yeah, yeah. why did I start lifting weights when I was, you know, probably 12 or 13? And, you know, why did I join the Army? And, you know, just all this, you know, why do you do stuff you do? And really, it's just kind of maybe a mentality of I'm just going to stand up again and, you know, and and keep keep moving forward. You know, just like in, in ultra running, you're doing 100 miles or 50 or 200 or whatever you're doing. I mean, the only way to to be successful is keep moving, you know. Uh, so I kind of—that's what I kind of feel like, and it—it's kind of pretty empower, empowering. Empowering feeling, you know, to realize that if I go back to seven months ago, I could have made a series of different decisions, and and uh, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now, you know. So I'm, I'm real happy about
1: that. That's right. Yep. Yep. Um, it's all about showing up, you know, showing up is, is 80% of it. Yeah. And people will help you too. Uh,
0: I was, uh, a friend of mine came, came by to run with me. He brought his daughter. She's, uh, just got out of college and she's moving out to Washington. And, and, uh, so, uh, you know, she wants to get in, she's been ultra running for a couple of years and, you know, she wants to, you know, do some more stuff. She's real active and, into outdoor stuff. And I was like, look, when you get out there, you know, like, you know, find find the running groups and find people and, and be interested and show up. And people will just will give you all the information that they've got in their head that they've been waiting to tell someone for the last thirty years. And so if you want to get into to, you know, uh, you know, mountain mm-hmm. you know, like you know like doing Everest in the not Everest, but uh whatever the hell that mountain is out there and Rainier. Like in the winter and and doing like you know like mountain climbing like oh yeah
1: like
0: you know Yuli Steck or somebody probably not that fast but uh you know yeah, all you gotta do is show up and and start talking to people and you know they'll probably give you some of their old gear and you ain't got to spend a lot of money all you gotta do is show up be interested and and people will, they'll, they'll give you the keys to the kingdom you know and and uh <clears throat> so I believe you man if if you show up and and you need help, and you ask for it, and you're willing to put in the work, then people bend over backwards to help you out.
1: That's it. And so now, uh, you know, uh, a decade, couple decades later, you've managed to rack up like, you know, forty some odd races on in ultra sign up, and probably just about as many or more, uh, you know, personal adventures yeah. that are um, on there.
0: You it's know, like crazy, I don't man. really keep track. I think it's like maybe 65 results, but a lot of those are 25 Ks and stuff like that. But um, if you count the, the you know, the, the the days that I did, you know, more than a marathon on the Caminos, the one that I set up for the been doing the last four years and the, mm-hmm. the one in Spain and the one in Italy, you know, I have probably got, you know, 150 days that I've done an ultra, you know, uh but I kind of you know, I kinda of quit sure, you know, signing up for a race every month, uh, you know, after the first four or five years because you know, it gets expensive. And I started tracking what I was spending on race entries and, and travel and, and I was like, you know, this is just really costing a lot of money. And you know, a lot of the local races I've done most all of them and and uh so I kind of just you know uh and I you know I learned a lot from everyone those first four or five six years and so I just kind of felt like I didn't need to do that anymore and so I mean I could have 150 on there I guess but I just kind kind of quit signing up and doing them you know
1: right sure yeah well you know when you start out running ultras you know all that's kind of exciting too you know you're looking at your ultra sign up and you're feeling big about yourself and then the more races you do that just kind of goes away it becomes less and less important and you know it's all about uh, the experience and getting out and meeting people like the way i met you and julian and will and jason halliday and all those guys when we went out in 2015 i mean you know we spend some time in the woods together and you're out all night and you know you learn all kinds of stuff about each other and lo and behold You got some friendships that aren't aren't going away. Yeah, I I, I was just I am with Will this morning about
0: uh, getting a new ski set up so I could go to Japan and meet him out there next year. So yeah, I I feel you, man. Like you know, you just you know because I think you know initially when you start, you have to do all those races and you have to bonk and you have to pay the money and you got to volunteer and you got to do all those things for three or four or five years to really build that confidence. And that experience so that, you know, we could we can show up at 2015 at, at at the bottom of Chavineau at the cabin or whatever. I never saw that damn cabin, but uh, uh, but that that shitter stinks, <laughs> you know. And, uh, uh, but, you know, you can't you can't just, you know, be a year or two into this stuff and then show up and be like, yeah, I'm gonna do Nolan's. I mean, maybe there's some people out there that could do it, but. I wouldn't want to be in the mountains with right. them, you know? Uh, I mean, not that they couldn't do it. It's just, I wouldn't want the burden of responsibility. Uh, cause you can't really, there's nothing you can really do to help them out there, especially, in, you know, in that kind of area, you know? So, but I think that, you know, all that experience, uh, gives you the opportunity to where you can, um, really grow, uh your experiences. Right. So, you know, first like, Oh, I did a 50 K It was real nice, you know, Bandera 2008 and okay, I'm pretty cool. And, you know, I did an ultra and, and, uh, but that's a long way from like, Oh yeah, we're going to go over and we're not going to get any aid until we come down off of Princeton, you know, and it's going to be 12, 15 hours. And so you got to have, uh, you know, enough water, food, and like how much do you take and what do you take and how's your body going to respond? you got to learn all that stuff first, you know? Uh, but, but then, but then your, your opportunity window is a lot larger. Uh, once you, once you learn all those things and, and, you know, do those hundreds where you suffer and, and really get some experience built up, then you really can, your, the, the, the opportunities that, of things that you can do really, really, really broaden out. And, uh, if you, if you choose that, right. A lot of people, I'll run my 50 K's and then that's it. You know, I'm doing one every couple of months and that's good for me. And, you know, that's fine. Uh, But, you know, I, you know, I mean, like for me, there's gotta be like a, a reason, right? Like, why am I going through this? Like, what is it going to lead me to? And, and, you know, what experience am I going to gain and and how can I apply that in the future for something even more awesome, you know? and like we, we did euphoria this summer yeah, and,
1: sure.
0: and, you know, it probably took 11 years of experience to be able to pull that off for me, you know, cause you know, I wasn't even really good shape last. Uh, yeah, I was probably mm-hmm. 195 pounds at euphoria. And, and, you know, we, we were able to pull it off, but you know, it took a, a lot of uh, pre-planning and really thinking about what's going on and, and how to do it and, and uh, but you know, really gave me a chance to to put all that, all that you know, 11 12 years of of uh, experience to, to use, and it really culminated into a finish. And as you know, other than probably like uh, it's probably even more badass than finishing hard rock, I'm just gonna be honest, I probably get some haters, but but uh, the hard rock was awesome, you know, the three finishes that I got, uh, and the two DNFs they were awesome too but <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. uh but now it was it was a level above and beyond uh <laughs> hard rock but without hard rock you know as a stepping stone like there's no way uh and you know it was just it was just majestic it was beautiful and it was tough and and you know you had your drop you could access your drop bag four times in 106 hours like it's crazy but it was you know, now I feel real confident. Like, hey, man, I can do something now in the mountains. <laughs> like, I'm, you know, but I don't want to get, you know, too sure of myself or too confident and not and forget forget all the lessons. You know,
1: that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, remain I'll, humble. Humility's the whole a thing. You
0: know? It's a pill you should probably take every day with your fish oil. You know,
1: that's the ultimate lesson, right there. You know, and and, uh, yeah, we get we get a good dose of it served up, like yeah, a not, little bit not, uh, you know, sometimes you it's know? the most unexpected moments. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. I'm wrong with that. <laughs> so, yeah, you've been killing it this year. You're in better shape than ever. Um, you know, you said you DNF Franklin's, but I also see you won a couple races this year. And then you just got second place at this virtual race. Um, You know, a thousand kilometers in, in 12 days uh, wh- Where is this all leading? Like, where do you see yourself uh, well, a year on the road uh, Five years down the you road? You know,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm in PTL, but I'm sure that it'll get canceled uh, So that was, uh, you know, that's that's just a dream I remember, uh, I think it was Halliday And the other guy from New Mexico I forget his name Works over Los Alamos Real quiet guy And I can, Bill Geist and uh and you know they've done it a couple times and Bill told me about it like back in 15 or 17 i can't remember and uh and it just seemed like the ultimate like oh my god that's like the the most hardest thing i've ever heard of you know and so finally i'm in with a canadian and a frenchman and i don't know any french <laughs> and uh he's a french canadian too so it's going to be hilarious but uh <laughs> But uh, anyway, I'm sure it'll get canceled with the whole COVID <laughs> stuff, and you know, hopefully, we can just roll it over to next year. Uh, but you know, <clears throat> races like uh, like PTL or Euphoria, which unfortunately they're not going to have anymore because they're shutting that down because of COVID and some other reasons. Uh, found mm-hmm. out this week, really unfortunate and really sad, actually. But uh, but stuff like that, you know, tour de gents. You know, I've been applying for three years really love to do tour de Gents. Uh, uh, really want to, I want to run Spartathlon, which ain't got nothing to do with the mountains, but it's got a lot to do with running. And, uh, that was a big, uh, <laughs> you know, I read all of the
1: yes, Greek sir.
0: mythology, like when I was in the third grade and some Roman mythology and, and, you know, as an adult, you know, read some, you know, stuff by Plutarch and Herodotus and, and, uh, uh, I don't know Iliad Odyssey all that stuff and and so it's just I mean it would it would just be the greatest and I've been wanting to do this ever since I started when I heard about that it existed you know even back in 08, and it would just be like the greatest feeling to come in there and and kiss the feet of uh, the King Leon- Leonidas statue you know like uh, you know and think about like the Peloponnesian Wars and and <clears throat> you know like you know, Philippides or whatever, you know, they, all the marathoners talk about he ran a marathon, then he died, but they don't tell him the part where he ran from Athens to Sparta and a day and a half. And then he ran back and then he ran, you know, from the plane, a marathon back to Athens. And then he died. He ran like 350 miles, <laughs> you know? Uh, and that's when he really died, you know, but mm.
1: <laughs> uh, so that would
0: be just a dream. And, wow and uh, so I really hope, you know, I can, you know get into a race with the right fitness and the right day and and get a qualifier whether it be a, a lottery qualifier or an automatic uh would be great and then uh uh <clears throat> you know nolan's you know i've been dreaming about that since 15 i think will had messaged me because we i think we've met maybe in 12 at hard rock or maybe it's 14 i can't remember and uh you know we've been kind of friends since then and he said hey you want to do no one's i was like yeah man that's cool this was like january of 15 and and um so i've just you know i've been dreaming about it because i heard about it in 12 and i just was like oh that's unbelievable like that's not possible i don't know anything about that stuff and and uh so you know that's that's still a dream and you know maybe this year be my year i don't know uh so i'm coming out next month uh I think the 12th through the yeah. 21st, do some scouting. Uh, there's some parts of of Harvard I want to look at, and a couple other places. And uh, then I think we're, you know, trying to put together something for Fourth of July weekend, and you know, maybe you know the middle seven, and you know, maybe I could, you know, mm-hmm. start earlier and meet y'all, meet everyone at Yale, and you know, I'm just kind of kicking around some different stuff because. You Know, I may never be this fit again. You know, I want to take advantage of it, <laughs> so absolutely. and
1: absolutely and, no, it makes sense, man. Well, yeah, oh, I was and, gonna say, and, in, yeah, you know, so five where, years,
0: like, go ahead. it's hard to say. Um, uh, you know, I've, I've been doing these uh pilgrimage things and they're more kind of social. I mean, you know, most people do like 25k and a day, mm-hmm. uh, but <clears throat> you know, I kind of they got a the Ireland Way, uh, which isn't really pilgrimage,' more like a route. Uh, but I'd like to to walk across Ireland. Uh, I'd like to do the Colorado Trail, you know. Uh, I think that'd be a I'm not really a camper. I don't like camping, yeah. uh, but it's kind of you know more like a fast pack, uh, multi-day fast pack. <laughs> and so um, you know that's yep. a skill set that uh, I think I kind of feel like maybe I'm ready to step into and uh i I was just running today, day, and I was like, man, I ought to call Sheila and see mm-hmm. see what she's planning this year maybe i can maybe I can ride along you know and uh and there stuff, but uh oh, yeah. you know i don't you yeah. know i I don't know where she stands on that stuff and and everything, but it'd be kind of cool to ride along and maybe do a section of it or you know something like that, but that's the only person I really know that's been really you know kind of hitting that thing year after year and trying to pull off an FKT for women, I think is what she's been shooting for. And mm-hmm. so, but, you know, so I, mm-hmm. so really maybe five years, you know, uh, I'm not really saying I'm a, I'm not a through hiker, you know, but doing the AT would be pretty awesome, but, you know, doing it, you know, uh, ultra way, mm-hmm. you know, like big miles, all that, you know, probably not going to beat, string bean or Jurek's record or whoever's got it now i mean i'm not that kind of caliber but but even if it was only you know three weeks at of time and doing it in sections but
1: yeah yeah
0: uh, but to kind of maybe expand my skills uh uh with a little bit more type fast packing and you know like maybe like that peak down in, in uh south america con or whatever you know it seems you know like it isn't like doing everest or denali or yeah. something but kind of you know hitting some of the, the big seven you know the big peaks uh and you know but really for travel you know like where's an interesting place mm-hmm. i haven't been to and let's go do it they've got a a trail across bulgaria called the comb emine trail and i know a couple people over there my buddies wife's families all from there and and uh so i'd be i think it's like 500 miles and that would be real interesting to maybe go to bulgaria and uh and, you know, do like a fast pack on the Coma MA and a trail. Uh, but I think, you know, maybe the Colorado trail would be something a little bit more accessible where I could learn, you know, how that all works and build experience and confidence. So, so that's kind of what I see, you know, five years down the road. And, you know, of course, you know, if I ever, ever get in a hard rock again, sure. You know, I'd love to and, and run it. And, you know, there's a couple other events. Uh, I'm not, I'm not too big on the 200s. You know, Candace got some good races. And then you saw Jamil launch that Concodia 250 or whatever down in Arizona uh, for next year. And, you know, like uh-huh. I, I really, you know, I feel yeah. I like I like hiking it's because you get to walk a lot, you know. And so, uh, uh, so I, you know, I started yeah. this. I you might have seen it. it's called the little websites called the Order of the Owl Dad. And, uh, and it's about, uh, uh, you know, yeah. it's really a lifetime achievement, right? Four different events that are, you know, Nolan's is one of the mandatory things you have to do, uh, you know, races like, uh, uh, was it, uh, the Trans-Japan Alpine Route or whatever I think, or TJAR, uh, uh, <clears throat> PTL, uh, um, but euphoria, but it's not going to happen anymore. Uh, <clears throat> and the one in Italy, um, Tour de Gents. So, uh, but so the idea is that you know the beginner event to try to become a member of the Order of the Aldad is is a hundred miler with thirty thousand vertical plus, right? And uh, yeah. Okay. So like high block. Yeah yeah it doesn't have to be you know high altitude races. but it's just got to have a lot okay. of climbing uh and those are kind of your that's the entry level type event yeah. that uh that just to even start becoming a member right and uh yeah they they get you started and uh but really it's a door. It's focusing on you know lots of vert uh as opposed to raw mileage because you know if you want to go run 250 miles you can get on track and run 250 miles in the sixth day and You ran 250 miles, like, not a big deal. And uh, most of those 200s, well, I think when I went and looked at them all, they're they're all sitting around 40,000 vertical, over 200. And, you know, that's challenging, and, you know, and it's 200 miles, so it's not easy. Um, But, you know, I really wanted something that really, you know, set a difference between, you know, a long race with some climbing to a race that has a shit ton of climbing because you may not know this, but there's a hundred K that has 36,000 vertical. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's a freaking hundred K, right. It's called, uh, uh, oh, wow. it's on the website. Uh, not marathon, It's called, uh, something I have to go pull it up, but that's a hundred K with like 35, that's got more vertical than hard rock is a hundred K, you know? No, no, And that's, you know, I like that stuff. There's I like hiking in
1: there and, you know, cause <laughs> I think it,
0: it suits me better, you know, because I still have pretty big legs and they're pretty strong, and so, you know, I like to I like to hike, and I'm not a mountain climber or I'm not a fast runner, and so that's kind mm-hmm. of kind of that sweet spot for me, and uh, so I put that together, and I ain't checked the email in like six months, but uh, I don't know if anybody's ever come across it. I haven't really been promoting it too much, but but I just felt like it would be a, it was a personal challenge for me to to do four of those type of events. And, uh, so I was like, you know, let's put it out there and just one more thing that people can, you know, kind of like aspire to, like if they're beginners or, you know, they've only got a few years experience or, you know, there's some people that are probably already qualified to be a member, you know, it's kind of a lot of, oh, yeah, uh, sure. let me, let me pull it up make sure I,
1: that website you're talking about. Uh,
0: I got this habit of putting stuff together and then it's like, okay, it's done. Then I don't go look at it anymore. So, uh, uh, I think it's, uh, let me see. Oh, get over here. Uh, is this thing not connected? It's connected. Oh, let's see. Give me a sec here.
1: Yeah, that's right. I know you sent it to me too. Um I'm, I'm gonna take a look here, see if I can find it. Let's see. So this would be sort of a club? Yes, or, it's like a like uh, club. How, how do you got, look at this, and, uh, uh, this little project that you uh, like?
0: Uh, hold on one second. Uh... Well, shit! I can't even find my own website. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, here we go. Yeah, it's uh, aldad.org. So a o u uh, d a d dot org.
1: Yep, you got it. And uh, is the name is the name of the okay, website? Okay. And so it so it starts by um getting some sort of a race under your belt that has what'd you say 30 or yeah, so like uh, feet.
0: hard rock rule
1: jewel uh
0: 10 away 100 uh utmb mm-hmm. uh peak of peak 100k that's the 100k it's got 37,000 vertical if you want to do that and uh val Iran is a new race by utmb and uh the pyrenees it's got 34,000 so those are some sample events that uh that I went and found that, uh, that meet the requirements, uh, for like the entry level. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So. And then where does it go from
1: there? What's that? And then where does it go from there? Once, once you, You Oh, sorry, uh, uh, ma'am.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you do one of those and then you'd have to do like a, a, a standard aid, uh, marked course like tour de gents or swiss peaks
1: okay
0: right it's 200, 200, 200 miles uh uh seventy eight thousand vertical um uh, and then uh and then the <clears throat> the other type of event would be a self-aid gps uh uh event like uh uh tour de glacier uh PTL euphoria or trans-japan alpine races got it you know you get like food drop bags and it's all gps navigation there's no marking
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh and then the and then you have to do no ones because most all of, you know the, the tour de gents and swiss peaks and uh ptl and all that stuff like we don't have races like that in the states right we've got bigfoot and tahoe and stuff like that but, uh, <clears throat> races with that kind of vertical that are self aid GPS. Like we don't have them. Yeah. If we do, I don't, I don't know about them. Right. Right. And so the reason that no one's a requirement, uh, is because it's super high altitude. Mm-hmm. And so that way the Europeans have to come here.
1: Ah, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right, Cause if you're a European, you could just stay in Europe and go out in your backyard and do all this stuff, you know? Right. Yep. And, uh, and, uh, but like, like the Brazil 135, uh, you know, it doesn't count. It's too much, too much support, right? It's got 30,000 vertical, but it's too much support, okay? You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, it's about self sufficiency, uh, and, and clan and vertical, right? That's kind of the really what it's anchored around. Mm-hmm. And then there's, uh, you know, like if you finish Barclay, yeah, okay, that's one of your events. It's fine, right? Yep. Or if you do the Chartu's uh, Chartou's uh, Timorium in uh, France, which is the Barkley copycat that the guy from uh, whatever that French guy is, I forget his name right now, uh, put together. Uh, that's a, uh, you know, it's a barclay esque event. Okay. Uh, if you do something like that, then, you know, that that counts as one of your events. And I kind of got the rules up there and stuff. And, wow. Uh, it sounds like an elite So, I mean, those man. are – Oh yeah, I mean, just totally elite. I mean, uh, but it's really kind of, you know, something to. For most of us, even me uh, and you know, uh, yourself. I mean, I I I came up with it, and I can't. I'm not a member, you know. Sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, I still got I still got to do Nolan's and PTL before I could call myself a member, you know. And, <laughs> uh, uh, but you know, it's just really just something to aspire to, and and to you know, Hey, I, I think I can do that. Like I've finally done enough stuff. Like I feel confident. Like, I think this is, you know, something that that's, you know, really meaningful. And, you know, cause it, being in the, you know, being a member or whatever, you don't really get anything, you get like a poster or some crap, <laughs> whatever I put on there. Right. Uh, but it's, it's all the things that you learn and all the people that you're going to meet and all the places that you're going to have to go and <clears throat> that's that's going to mold you into that new person that you're going to be when it's done for sure. Right. And that's, that's, that's the real purpose, you know?
1: Yeah. If anybody ends up in that club, you know, it's, it's not going to just be some random asshole. It's going to be someone who knows an awful lot about themselves. It's really, really dug deep and, and spent a lot of time in the mountains and a lot of time with themselves. So it's going to be a pretty special yeah. person for sure
0: yeah that's 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 kind of why I put it together uh and the idea was like, oh, you got to do them all in one year and all this stuff initially, but then I ran it past a lot of people you know i I won't name any names but i I sent this stuff out to probably twenty or thirty different people, like, what are your thoughts? what do you think and they're like you know like. It should be a lifetime achievement if you if you do them in a lifetime, then you know you're you're good, you know. And I was like, you know, I guess you're right. Definitely. Yeah. You, try string, you try to You try to. I mean, you couldn't even string four of those together just because you couldn't get into the events, you know. Right. And uh, so, but I mean, if you if they ever did the the Trans Pyrenees crossing again, that guy, I guess he got in some lawsuit trouble, and we were supposed to do that in eighteen, but uh, they canceled it. But if you did something like that, well, yeah, you know that kind of subs out you know some something that's easier, of course,
1: right <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, so pretty good for a, a Texas boy man, all these mountain aspirations and you're just living in Texas, I think that's pretty fantastic
0: yeah uh that, that's one of the reasons it's an owl dad because uh okay, yeah, I guess they're really from like the. North Africa or something, these out there okay. sheeps or goats or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they, they, right they imported Well, they imported a bunch of them and stuck them out in West Texas. So the mountains in Texas are full of these damn things. Oh, really? And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, out at Guadalupe Mountains National Park and stuff. Okay. We were hiking out there once, and we come across a herd of them, probably about 30, 40 of them. And you just see them like they just, like, jumped off the side of the mountain and were gone. I was like, where the hell did they go? Wow. So I started – I started going down the mountain like, shit, if they can do it, I can do it. <laughs> and I was like, all right, that's far enough. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, down a sheer face or anything like that. But, uh, you know, they just kind of disappeared. And I'm like, wow. Uh, so, but that's why it's an
1: owl, Dad. Okay, <laughs> got it. Right. Pretty majestic creatures.
0: Yeah, and i will probably get my hand slapped. Cause you know, I didn't get permission to use any of these
1: photos. I just took them off the internet, but whatever. <laughs> I'm not making any money here. No, no. You know, okay. that's cool, man. Well, listen, man, it's been fantastic talking with you. Um, where, where can folks find you? Uh,
0: well, you know, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I'm on, uh, Strava. And I think almost all my social media is John T sharp. Okay. Uh, uh and it's the same thing at gmail john t sharp at gmail and uh, uh you know i'm pretty you know pretty much open book type guy uh, and that sort of thing so uh you know if anybody wants to reach
1: out for something i don't know what they reach out for but they did hey like shoot, shoot hit me up yeah. and just give him a follow and, uh, he's a fun guy to follow and and uh he might uh post some remarks to try and get you fired up at one point or another right
0: <laughs> now I quit I quit doing all that stuff, man. I you know, I kind of, you know, uh I quit I quit posting political stuff uh about a year ago for the most
1: part. That's probably a good idea. Man. And
0: uh and I quit I quit posting provocative stuff, you know, trying to piss people off. <laughs> and um and so I really, you know, I've been kind of uh you know, especially on this whole COVID stuff, you know, I didn't really, really get involved in any of those discussions. Yeah. Uh I just, you know, I, I wasn't mentally in the right place to to do that during this time anyway. So uh, I mostly, you know, I've been posting landscape pictures right. and uh, and so, you know, I kind of, you know, I'm kind of reorienting my approach with social media to try to be, uh, you know, put the best foot forward and, and uh, be a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, better person, you know, like. Uh, with my with my content, because uh, you know, it's up to you, right? You can be a, a, a internet provocateur mm-hmm. if you want to be, which is I used to be one. Mm-hmm. Or you can, you know, just you know, do good stuff for people. And so I've been kind of
1: kind of taking that route, mm-hmm. and I think it's working a lot better for me. So good for you! I love it, man. Yeah, you can be a troll, or you can go out and help people. Now, the choice is yours. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah 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 dude so
0: no no more political stuff
1: (laughs) (laughs) probably smart man probably smart well listen you're you're a complete monster uh, and i'm looking forward to seeing where your journey takes you later on this year and i know we're going to be doing some training out in the mountains later this summer and yeah man i'm just i'm just looking forward to seeing where your journey goes uh i'm proud of you and happy to call you a brother
0: hey thanks a lot adam same to you and and uh, uh, let's get together next month, man. I'll we'll figure out uh some sometime when you're off, and we'll go go do something.
1: Go yeah. hit a couple peaks, or we'll go do that. some some crazy all night adventures. Or uh, I'm sure I'm sure we'll get out there and get after something big.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, man. You know, do big things, right? Yes, so sir. let's That's do it.
1: Well, cool, John. Well, sure, I sure appreciate you calling back. It's been great talking with you a couple times this weekend, and. You're a monster, man. So keep it up, brother. Just keep doing what you're doing. Hey, thanks a lot, man. Take care. Have a good night, brother. Sounds good, brother. Talk soon. Okay. Just a heads up. um, John and I had some problems recording and uh, we recorded a good hour that we lost. And then we came back and, Try to recreate it a little bit, and that's what you just listened to. And then the next segment of our conversation, um, we actually had on the 15th of May. Today is the 17th, I believe. Uh, yes. So uh, this segment was actually recorded previously, and I just wanted to tie it together because uh, John and I always have good conversation, and he's always got some good things to say. So this is part two of our conversation. Hello. Hey, brother.
0: Hey, how are you, man? Sorry about that. I, You know, I was trying to hold the phone open, and then I ended up
1: <clears throat> cutting the damn, uh, putting in airplane mode, man. So I'm sorry. That's all right. That's all right. I'll piece these together. No worries at all, man. Uh, what 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 part did you lose me at? <laughs> Shoot, man, I don't barely even know where we were.
0: <laughs> yeah, we were, we were just you asked me about you know what's holding me back from coming to Colorado, and I was just kind of going through that. Uh, yeah, yeah, the you plan for that job, right? Yeah, yes, yeah, so I wasn't able to, uh, you know, move for my job, uh, you know, up until the beginning of nineteen, and uh, uh, but it was a new position, and you know, pretty scary, and. That's probably one of the things that led to uh, a breakup, you know, uh, with, with the ex and stuff. And, but uh, I'm, you know, I feel a lot more confident in the job and, and uh, so I'm thinking about coming up next year, uh, maybe April, uh, try to get a year's worth of uh, sobriety under my belt before I make any big changes. Uh, they say that's something you're supposed to do. Yep. And, uh, uh, and then, uh, maybe april that way i can get a full summer and a full winter uh, season and uh because i really want to do some schemo type stuff mm-hmm. and uh hopefully i can lean on will and julian a little bit to help me with some of that stuff you know for sure have you done much schemo uh no not really schemo just uh just doing skinning uphill will will yeah. took me out a few years back and and uh you know taught me how to do it you know cuz he's ski guides and stuff and so he's kind of like an expert yep. and
1: uh, uh and, I,
0: and last uh December of 18 I bought all my gear uh over at Powder 7 and uh but then I ended up losing a ski and so when you lose a ski you lose your binding too so uh <laughs> I got to go down another 1000 bucks for some black crows and so I can get back out there but uh I probably come up in December and uh stay with Will for a couple weeks and get re outfitted and, and uh get some training. And nice. uh I may end up going over meeting him over in Japan for a for a week or ten days next year too. I don't know. And uh but yeah, I'm thinking maybe next April come up through the springs and find a place and spend a year up there and then see how it goes and you know, if it's something I'm comfortable
1: with and uh, you know, maybe making that move you know mm-hmm. for sure yeah i always wondered why you stayed in texas just because uh you know i know you have a love for the mountains and uh with the nolan's attempts especially man i mean that's got to be rough I, I remember you know you coming up and camping a couple nights before and uh yeah i mean attempting something like that when you're not fully acclimated is is not an easy project
0: no that that year in 15 was it 15 that we were together
1: That I was think fifteen. So, yeah
0: uh, you know, I, I got a I got a, a hypoxico machine at, here at the house okay. and uh, I spent a month, I spent eight hours a day on that thing for a month before I came up, for that Nolan's attempt. Okay. And, but I know it was a Okay. Do you feel like you know, it helped? Oh yeah. It helped a ton. I remember going yeah. up Chavano and I was like, wow, this is easy. You know? Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. Cause I would do like, you know, basically intermittent training during the day while I was working for four hours and like 30 minutes blocks of time, and I would take my O2 saturation down to, like, 75. I'd be looking at the screen cross-eyed. It was crazy. Uh, <laughs> and I've also read some research where that doesn't really work, and it has to be X amount of hours and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, there's a lot of science on it, and some people agree, and some people don't, and, and uh, so, uh, but yeah, that's that's what I did that year, uh, that month of August of fifteen. Before I came up with, I was on a hypoxicone machine like eight hours a day and and stuff. So, but it did make a difference. Yeah.
1: So, are you doing any sort of cross training to keep up with this massive run load that you're doing now, or where are you at? Is it just yeah. is it just pretty much running?
0: No, just running. Uh, uh, <clears throat> um, so, I was doing a little bit. Uh, earlier in the year, you know, the last two weeks I haven't done any, but uh, mostly uh, any cross training I would do would be some uh, uh, some stretching and uh, ab ab wheel and kettlebell mm-hmm. swings and uh, and some pushups. That's about it, because uh, the 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 kettlebell swing really works the posterior chain, and which mm-hmm. is the most important thing that you need to work because that's probably. Between the core and the posterior chain, like that's every you know runner's Achilles heel. Even if they're fit, you know, mm-hmm. um, and especially for you know kind of mid packer folks like me, you know, uh, I mean, if you're elite, you're you know you're in a different kind of, you know, uh, I'm not really speaking to people that are elite, but just run of the mill folks, you know, kettlebell swings and ab wheel take you a long way. Uh, for sure and you know really cuts down because there's so many things that you could do you could do planks and you could do this and that and all these things and uh but you know really the two things that are probably the most key uh are, are if you can you can get by with those two and you can get a long way with them so uh because i i just i just want to run i don't want to lift anymore i did that stuff in my in my teens in my early 20s and And, uh, now it's just kind of depressing. You know, I used to bench like three sixty five, and now I probably couldn't even do
1: two Oh five, (laughs) you (laughs) know, I hear you, man. So, so I'm curious, like, so you gave up drinking and you gave up your shitty food and now you're on to running like more than ever. Does anyone ever say that that's like a transfer of addictions for you? Or how, how do you feel about that?
0: Well, you know, I haven't heard that yet, and uh, you know, I've been talking with a therapist uh, once a week for an hour since uh, January, and mostly okay, for, nice. uh, uh, you know, because you know, if you've been drinking for twenty years, uh, you you're probably were drinking for problems that started before twenty years ago, right?
1: Absolutely, yep. And um... uh, so I've been
0: working with, uh, talking with a lady, you know, once a week, and I had, you know, four, three or four or five you know, men that I respect that I talked to about it and they said, man, yeah. You know, I went and had and I've I've talked with a therapist for some time, blah, blah, and and you know, it's you should give it a shot. And so I went and found one and turned out to be a pretty good lady actually, but but anyway, so she uh she hasn't you know I told her about what I was doing and and all that and and uh, uh she hasn't really mentioned that yet but I haven't asked her directly either. Uh so, but yeah, I mean, you could say it's a transfer of addiction, you know, but if I didn't run tomorrow and I just sat here and read books all day, wouldn't bother me a bit, (laughs) you know? Uh, I was actually reading a really good book on Al Howie. uh, was really interesting character. Uh, and, uh, and then, you know, earlier in the year, I was reading a bunch of books on, uh, uh, you know, different, uh, therapy problems and, uh, some uh, self-help type books and I read so damn many of them. Like I could, I mean, they're all, they all say the same damn thing. So sure once you read enough of them and so I just kind of got tired of reading those and, but yeah, I could, I could go run every day or I could read a book, you know, it's not too big of a deal, you know? So
1: yeah.
0: I'm not really sure, you know, to answer your question, if it's a transfer of addiction or not. Um, cause if I wasn't doing that, um, virtual Tennessee thing, like there's no way I would have done that shit. <laughs> that was stupid. <laughs> it was,
1: it yeah, was pretty yeah. stupid. Yeah. Well, the only reason I ask is that just, nobody's really ever mentioned anything like that to me, but I've heard people bring it up before. You know, you, you quit one addiction and then you just take up another one and running can be a bad addiction. And but I always felt like it it's more of a even if it is an addiction, it's more of a positive addiction. You're, you're building your body up. You're building your emotional state up. You're getting stronger rather than sitting on a couch and drinking. So, I mean, how could it be a negative anyways?
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Ted Corbett's got a quote, uh, and it's something like, uh, you know, every time you put on your shoes and you go for a run, you come back and you feel like you're a better person. And, uh, it's something like that. You have to go look it up, uh, to get the exact quote and he's like the you know one of the he's one of my uh, i don't know uh how would you say it like a hero running heroes like him and Am- amel Zatopek right because they're not around mm-hmm. anymore and and uh you know that guy used to run 300 miles a week you know uh, mm-hmm. ted corbett did and he you know founded the new york roadrunners i think and and he set up all the rules for how to measure marathon courses. And if you ever run a, a road race, then then you're connected to Ted Corbett. You know what I mean? So uh, nice. just a fascinating guy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so it could be a transfer of addiction or, or uh, you know, it could be you just want to feel better, you know, and have something to do. And that way you're just not sitting around looking at the four walls going, well, what am I going to do now, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I get, I mean, some people just need something to do and yeah. it can either be a positive habit or a negative habit. So I think it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, I I agree. It's been, been pretty good so far.
1: <laughs> so what have you learned through all this?
0: Well, you know, I was, you know, I was doing the running all this stuff for the Tennessee, virtual Tennessee thing. And, and uh, I probably write a pretty lengthy blog post or whatever uh but i think the the what i finally kind of uh really got to was you know you ever seen cool hand luke oh of course it's classic yeah so you know the scene where he him and dragline go out in the yard and they're boxing yes and then uh dragline knocks him down and he stands back up and then dragline mm-hmm. Knocks him down again, and just you know, like twenty times, and he just keeps standing back up. Keeps standing back up. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's what I feel like. You know, I just kind of feel like Cool Hand Luke, and just stand back up and get ready for the next one.
1: You know. I mean, do you feel like life's beating you down, and you're and you're standing back up, or? No. Why do you no, say that? No, not life in general. Like,
0: uh, uh, you know, like the totality of life up to this point, where a tough time comes, and then uh, then you find a way to, to push through it. Right. Uh, yeah. you know, going all the way back to from when you were a little kid, you know, and so when I, you know, cause what I did when I was running the, around here for the last 10 days or whatever it was, 12 days, uh, what I started doing is I started trying to remember everything that I could remember about everything that ever happened in my life with everyone that was significant. And well. so that's what would keep my mind occupied while I was running. And so going back to the, earliest memory that i could possibly remember was was throwing a comb into a chicken coop and the rooster coming out and scratching the fuck out of me on the on my back uh you know i was probably like two years old you know that's like the earliest thing that i can remember you know wow and uh and so anyway uh so then you go and look at you know i didn't have too bad of an upbringing you know probably you know it wasn't you know, typical, but, you know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like uh goodwill hunting or anything, you know what I mean? And, uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, anytime, you know, you know, something, some adversity would come, you know, uh, you just, you know, it seemed like I just figure out a way to, you know, keep waking up every day and taking another step type of deal, you know? So, uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of how, uh, I mean, that's kind of what I thought about myself was just, able to stand back up and
1: and you know not lay down, and quit, you know what I mean, yeah, no, I get it man that's that's inspiring stuff right there so were you were you listening to music or audio books or anything like that while you were out running this last twelve days or so? uh,
0: let me see here uh, I, uh yeah, no, I wasn't listening to any audio books. And I listened to music a little bit in the, like at night, like like after, like when it was dark, like nine o'clock from like nine to 1030, I would wear my little waist pack, a little UD waist pack Mm -hmm. and uh, put my phone in there and listen a little bit. But uh, I think I ran, uh, I was looking at Strava, it said I ran for like 82 hours over the 12 days and I probably listened to music for maybe four of those hours.
1: Uh, Oh, wow.
0: That's about it. You know, so, I mean, it was 98, probably 98%, you know, no music or no kind of, because I don't hear that good. You know, i got got pretty bad hearing loss, and, and uh, I don't want to waste it. And then, uh, you know, my musical interests are pretty narrow, and uh, so, you know, I don't want to listen to the same songs over and over. And uh, okay. then also when you listen to music, and I've, I learned this at Hard Rock back in, like, 2010 uh you end up kind of you know they have this i don't know they call it dichotomy or whatever it is i don't know maybe that's not the right word but of like the mind and the brain right so you have the brain as a physical thing and then they have the mind as a uh, you know something that's not physical like it's just the presence and then you know all these spiritual people are like all oh, the minds are all connected and all this crap uh sure but uh what i what i've come to realize is that when you put in the music, you you kind of sever that mind and brain connection. Right. So your mind's off in la la land listening to the music and your brain's trying to like tell your mind, hey, there's some things that you need to do here and and you're not really listening to it. Uh so you kind of uh, sever that physical and whatever the mind is. I'm not, i am not can't think of the right word, but uh that connection between the two. So I, I don't like to listen to a whole lot of stuff when I'm out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That makes sense. I know you're uh, a big reader and a, and a fan of literature. And, uh, earlier in the year, you were reading a lot of nonfiction, like self-help books. Do you read fiction as well? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, uh,
0: my favorite writers are, uh, uh, and that's not in any order. They're probably all equal, but, uh, Eric remark, uh, Hemingway, uh, Cormac McCarthy and, uh, and probably Larry Larry McMurtry, uh,
1: okay, yeah, what's your favorite Homer McCarthy book?
0: uh well, Lonesome Dove, <laughs> you know, wow. uh, I mean, I remember when it came on as a mini series back in the eighties, and we sat there you know, in the living room, watch it with dad and and uh and you know, of course, my sister and my stepmom and everybody but um, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know it's like but in life. I don't. I can't think of the right name for it either, but like if I could be anybody in the world, I want to be Gus, you know, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. it just, I just love Robert Duvall's character in that movie. And, uh, yeah. and I, I, I'm about halfway through the book, but the book is, the movie was so true to the book that it almost can't read the book because I've already seen the movie like 50 times, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and then, um, uh, McCarthy would be uh probably be all the pretty horses uh just a beautiful okay. uh story of like a you know a really it's about a man with integrity really you know uh and yeah. staying true and and not quitting on his buddy and and uh you know being loyal and uh and that sort of thing so it was and then there you know of course the love interest with Penelope Cruz which is in the movie you know she's not bad to look at you know so
1: of course yeah <laughs> Did you read Child of God? What's that? Did you read Child of God? By oh the yeah, point?
0: yeah. And I watched the movie too. And yeah. uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell anyone that wasn't probably thirty-five and mentally stable <laughs> to actually read that book. It's, it's horrible.
1: <laughs>
0: I didn't even know there was oh, there's a, movie. a movie. Yeah. It, who's uh, in it? I think it's uh, uh anybody. Who's that guy that was in uh the stripper guy movie? What was his name? Uh, oh um, Channing not strong, was it Channing uh, Tatum, it was guy. the other it's another guy. Uh it wasn't Channing Tatum. Um uh, I can't think of his name. He was in he uh, wasn't in the Revenant, that was another dude. But uh but no, he was a famous actor that's kind of famous now. That I can't hmm. think of his name though. I'm gonna have to look, look. He,
1: I didn't even know there was a movie, man. I read the book and it was just, yeah, like you said, pretty dark, yeah. man. But I tell um, you, I love, I mean, Homer McCarthy's a great writer, so I'm interested in all this yeah, stuff. If you
0: haven't read Blood Meridian, mm-hmm. you need to read that. Oh, that's oh man. uh it's yeah. something else. Uh, yeah. that's uh,
1: You book. know,
0: and then of course, um, uh, No Country for Old Men is great. You know, I love the movie too. Yeah. Uh, uh, yep. Uh, the road was but the problem with McCarthy is it takes like 150 pages before you're like okay I get it you know like I'm 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 in sync with what he's saying and how he's saying it but it's just really hard to get started That's when you true. read his
1: stuff yeah I mean he's just such a great writer there's a lot of people that have said Blood Meridian is the perfect piece of literature
0: you know I've heard that too and and I've uh I was talking to a friend and and he said that you know basically like they they've been trying to make it into a movie, but they just feel like they can't do it, you know, because it's so violent and and uh, and stuff. Because it's pretty violent, you know, and it's a lot of a lot of bad stuff happening in that book. So,
1: uh, um, sure. it'd be it'd be tough to do yeah, that. it'd
0: be it'd be a toughie to to really, but I'd like to see it made into a movie because it it probably win an Oscar, maybe I don't know. If it yeah depending, on who, yeah, depending on who made it and depending on what movies came out that year and all that stuff. And like the judge, what, I mean, he probably isn't your typical Oscar winner type character, but uh, you know, it'd be something else. Uh, it would be. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he could pull off a. you know, he'd win an Oscar like uh, McConaughey did for Dallas buyers club. You know, that was, it's probably the best piece of acting that I've ever seen. Actually, he was really good in that movie. Um, yeah uh uh but now it'd be it'd be interesting to watch the movie man it would be something else
1: Mm -hmm. and uh if i remember right where uh you're um something of a stoic yourself and a fan of stoicism uh, yeah
0: yeah um uh, yeah i would say so and it it's really it was really hard to to follow that the last six or seven months but i think i'm back on track it was uh you know, like if you read Epictetus and, and, uh, you know, you read <clears throat> the Encheridian and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, the first, I guess, uh, maxim of Stoicism is, uh, you know, there's things that you can't control and the things that you can and the things that you can't, then there's no reason to worry about them. And, and, uh, so, it was pretty hard to, to, to live, live to that maxim. I can tell you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot to learn from those rough times, man. And it sounds like you're coming out on, on uh, the right end of that. So. Yeah. Um, I, good on you, it's, man. It's
0: been, uh, I, you know, I needed it, you know, it's kind of, you know, um, you know, it could have been some midlife crisis stuff mixed in there too. I don't know. Right. So I'm about that age. So.
1: <laughs> hey man embrace it i'm right there now, with you, how do you man? i hear you man I'm, how I'm 45 okay okay. yeah i'll be 43 this year so yeah we're right there yep i got a couple years on you but i i totally hear you dude i mean i've gone through bad breakups in my life and they usually end up being a catalyst for for great things you know even if it's a year or two down the road you just suffer through it and um yeah, people like you and I always end up doing big things out of stuff like that. So good idea, yeah, man.
0: I'm, I'm, uh, I'm hoping so. And maybe I'll call you when we're not on this podcast, so I don't get laughed out of Colorado. But I'll talk to you about some ideas that
1: I got. Oh hell yeah, I'm yeah. all about it. Um, hey, going going back to literature real quick. I just want to pick your brain a little bit because I'm a huge fan of of classic literature too. Have Have you gone through and read like? Um, the Odyssey and the Iliad and Nietzsche and all that stuff. Nah, I've never well. read
0: Nietzsche, uh, but yeah, Iliad and Odyssey. Sure. Uh, great, great stories. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Achilles and, and uh, then Odysseus uh, or Ulysses, I guess, I depending on if you're Greek or Roman or whatever, but uh, uh, you know, uh, really love those, you know, read, uh, Oedipus Rex. Uh, I read a lot of, uh, nonfiction of the uh, Greek and Roman times, uh, a lot of, uh, stuff about Alexander. And, uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of that too. I got a whole, I got a, I got about 2000 books here, maybe 1500. I'm not real sure. And I got two whole shelves wow. of, uh, of those, uh, penguin classics, you know, when they ha- used to have the, uh, they had certain you know genres and they had different you know colored stripes on the top and so i i got it sitting right here let me see uh i guy got forget a lot of these guys names uh but uh like i read you know part of plato's republic not not the whole damn thing um
1: uh, uh, plutarch
0: you know uh, talking about all the you know it was basically like the world's first biographer, right, and uh, a little bit of uh, Herodotus, you know, not too much, and a little bit of Marcus Aurelius, which is Stoic, and Seneca, Uh, so, uh, you know, it's interesting, I mean, because, you know, they kind of had a, you know, high point of civilization, in the you know, classical age, uh, you know, uh, I guess, you know, was it 350, 450 BC, I can't recall exactly, but, uh, and then, you know, the Romans kind of came, took that over and, you know, by 500, you know, and it kind of, you know, dark ages and all that. And then we kind of had to relearn a lot of stuff. Uh, So, yeah, it was really interesting to kind of see uh, how they lived and what they thought about and what they wrote about and what you really find, you know, I kind of came to know this for myself a long time ago is that, you know, history keeps repeating itself because human nature is the only constant and and if you look at how they thought and and the the actions they took it's no different than today there's nothing new under the sun and uh because human nature is the only thing that's constant over time you know
1: Mm -hmm. do you have any sort of um religious upbringing or spiritual philosophies that you follow now? No,
0: not really. Uh I grew up in the Church of Christ, uh not the Latter-day Saints, but like the Militant Baptist Church of Christ. <laughs> uh I'm
1: familiar. Yeah, I, sure. I call them
0: Militant Baptist, so you know, they probably get offended, but you know, oh well, uh but uh you know I kind of fell away from that and uh you know, I kind of feel like uh you know, if Jesus is real, then it's you know, it's probably probably should follow what he's doing. Cause uh, he's the only one that puts an offer out there and, and uh, doesn't, doesn't make you do it. Right. He's like, Hey, this is who I am. And this is what I've done for you. And uh, you know, you can take it or leave it. And that's how it goes. You know, there's no force. Uh, and so, and so that kind of really lends itself to believability if you don't have to force stuff. Cause uh, you know, if you read Anne Rand, what you find is that, you know, the, The uh, the moral is is chosen, right? Uh, You know, morality is chosen. You can't enforce morality on anyone. They have to choose it. And uh, Mm -hmm. so but I was thinking about uh, uh, going through the RCIA program through the Catholic Church uh, starting in October. And that's one of the reasons for my April date Uh, uh, next year, coming out to Colorado for some time and trying it out for a year. So I was thinking about going through their program and uh, becoming a Catholic. Because so I've been to, I've probably been yeah. to more Catholic churches and, uh, than probably, you know, a lot of Catholics <laughs> with the, with all of the pilgrimages and other stuff that I've done. And, and, uh, you know, they're, uh, you know, I, I don't want to make anybody upset or anything or anything like that, but, um, you know, got to, they got their own problems, you know, with some abuse stuff, you know, through the ages. And but, you know, it's those yeah. are humans that are running that stuff, you know. Uh, and uh, but I kind of feel like they got a better claim to authenticity than anybody else. Right. Really? And up up to a point, you know. Um, but uh, I said about I probably said enough Hail Marys while I was running. Uh this last few days. I probably got <laughs> at least a third row seat at Pearly Gates, you know.
1: Wow. Okay. Okay. You <laughs> feel like you identify with that religion more than uh, you know, Buddhism or or um you know anything else that's Yeah, no, out
0: there. I I uh you know, I was you know, raised, you know, Christian way, you know, like did it mm-hmm. identifies with me more than uh than Buddhism and you know, if you go like the Vindics and, you know, India and stuff like that, like it's really hard to read their stuff because it was really written for an oral tradition and not a written tradition. So there's a lot of repetition and, and it's really hard to read. And, uh, so, you know, you know, That's I don't true. really, I'm not really into it. I mean, you know, you're up in Boulder, so there's probably a lot of, you know, Harry Krishna's and all that stuff up there. I don't know, but, um, uh, you know, uh, so, but now I'm not really into that, uh, Eastern stuff. Um uh, it doesn't really Mm -hmm. pull me too much. I've, I've read, you know, you know, cursory stuff on it and, and kind of, you know, looked at some stuff, but, uh, no, I just never really had an attraction to me.
1: I got you. Wow. All right, man. Well, listen, uh, I don't know if that's the best way to wrap it up, but it's been fascinating talking with you and, uh, we haven't talked in depth, and I knew we had a lot of stuff in common. So we come from different parts of the country, but it's been uh, it's been fun. It's been great yeah, talking to you, man.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate you uh, having me on, and uh, it's like I agree with you the same way. Like uh, <clears throat> it's good to get to know you a little better, and uh, and uh, I probably should have asked you a few questions, but I guess that
1: ain't how it really that isn't really how it works. <laughs> That's alright. I'm here to interview you and hear, hear all about you, man. Oh, yeah. So um, what's your plans for the next couple of weeks? Uh, you just ran a thousand kilometers. Are you going to keep this thing going or are you can well, take some my, time off? My
0: original goal was to run the out and back in a month. Uh, I just really felt like that would be something that for me would be, you know, you know, un- unachievable really. And just a really high bar. And so I'm going to keep working on that. You know, maybe I don't make it. uh. You know, I may have to go do another eight miles tonight, get my 50K in for the day. But uh, so I'll probably I'll be working on that till the end of the month. And uh, uh, then I'm going out to Birmingham first week of June, go visit my sister and work remote there. And then, uh, then I'll be coming out to Colorado on the 12th and uh, through the 20 to the 21st. So uh, maybe we can link okay. up out in Leadville and and. Uh, and I don't know about i mean i, was, I I'm going to do some scouting. I mean most of the scouting's already done, and I've got enough tracks that I could piece together a, a Nolan's attempt, but just to go out and be in the mountains and uh and uh you know kind of breathe the thin air and and put the you know put the legs on the ground and kind of see how things are feeling and uh there's a couple areas that yeah. you know I'd like to kind of go over and get a, a clean track on um that way we can kind of piece the Mm -hmm. tracks together and make a complete track uh so Mm -hmm. uh and then and then after that I come back for a week or so and then I probably drive up and uh and stay up for two or three weeks and do some remote work and uh then 4th of July of course
1: you know so yeah yeah cool man well keep me posted I'm all in you know I'm, I'm free most weekends and uh that's what I love doing on the weekends, anyways, is just driving out to Leadville, Buena Vista area, and camping in my truck and climbing some big peaks. So I'm all Okay.
0: In. Well, uh, yeah, we'll I'll call you later this week and um uh, and uh, yeah, you know, maybe we can meet out there on the 13th. I'll probably drive into Leadville on the 12th. I come in early in the morning on the 12th and probably go back Sherman because it's a nice, easy peak to kind of stretch your legs and kind of feel it out. And then maybe Saturday, I was kind of one of the things I wanted to do was to go park at like uh, uh, the massive trailhead on Half Moon Road, and then do like a night yep. move where you go up the front of massive from Half Moon and then come down the back because it's all trail, and then uh, then do the Nolan's line, over the
1: fish hatchery. The,
0: do the Nolan's line up uh, Elbert and then come down the main trail right back to your car and do that over a
1: you do a night move, you know okay and what take the road back to your car what's that take the road back to your yeah, car Yeah,
0: because i mean the, the two trailheads are pretty close together right so
1: uh, yeah yeah, yeah you know yeah. they're not
0: too far apart and it gives you two big peaks and you do them at night so you kind of get comfortable with being out there at night and stuff because i haven't spent a lot of time yep. in those mountains by myself and not much time at night so i kind of feel like uh you know i need to kind of go through that and to build my confidence up a little bit uh, and, yeah, uh, sure. and I'd kind of like to do another, uh, you know, the Huron to Oxford, um, uh, not here on, uh, uh, Harvard, sorry, Harvard to Oxford through, through Pine Creek. Okay. Uh, and just kind of, and kind of oh, fill yeah. that out a little bit. Cause I've only been down that way once. And, uh, so I'd like to okay. maybe find a, me and Will went down there once and and we had a pretty clean, you know, pretty decent track and uh it'd be nice to kind of spend a little time out there and and see if there's a you know best way to get off of harvard but i don't know um uh, and i know that mm-hmm. you know okay. julian's been out there and a lot of people have done it but you know kind of feel it out for myself because once you kind of get down into the trees um you know it kind of gets a little little
1: hairy in some spots and
0: kind of hard to find your way a little bit you know so
1: um for sure. I mean you have to go out there and get lost and kind of figure it all out on your own. I mean when you're following somebody yeah. else, it's it's not always easy to remember exactly yeah, where you're going.
0: Exactly. I mean the the first four peaks down south, you know, I, I think I pretty much got those nailed. <laughs> you know. And I've got a uh, yep. w- we Sorry. went up uh we went up uh Yale once from um uh not from Denny Creek Trailhead, but from the other side. I can't remember the name of the trailhead well yeah the colorado yeah, so trail if you come up yale uh no 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 uh not not from the the ridge that faces back towards bv but you come around the front so you're in that valley between columbia and yale so you, oh, you know yes, where the yes. airplane yes. gully okay. is right so oh yeah yeah and there's kind of a head wall there but if you come up in that and you stand of and you stay to the if you're facing south and you stay to the left of the airplane gully, it's a lot cleaner than going through that gully. Uh And uh, so I got a really nice track for that that I'd like to take a look at again. Uh, uh, And it's because you don't, you can see the airplane stuff, but you know, it's a little bit, you know, probably 200 yards. You're 200 yards to the, I don't know, east of, uh, of that gully, you know, right up against uh, when you get out of the trees, you're kind of, as the trees are thinning out, you're kind of up on that uh, west side of Yale. That's on the, I guess, northwest side or whatever yep. it's going to be. But, uh, And and I've never been up Yale uh, from uh, the Colorado Trail point. Uh, I've only been up okay. from, yep. from the northwest side, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. that way from the airplane gully mm-hmm. side. And then we went almost, we almost cleared tree line on Denny Creek trailhead route uh when me and will did it in 15 uh but you know we we ended up turning around but uh and uh, i think if i attempt i would probably because i'm not a you know i still have you know issues with uh, exposure and that, that sort of stuff and i'm not really a mountaineer i'm just a hiker you know i'm not like julian you know like mm-hmm. I, I can't do technical stuff And class <laughs> three scares me you know so <laughs> I think if I did an old attempt, I'd probably come up Denny Creek, you know, and take the extra two miles and go up the road, you know, and get to the trailhead and take the trail up if I was coming, you know, south to north.
1: Is that what your plan is, yeah, south to north?
0: Yeah, yeah, because, uh, I mean, that's the only way I really
1: know it, right? Uh, and, okay. uh, yep, that makes you know, going up Yale from the Colorado Trail really isn't all that bad. And it's not really all that exposed, except for, you know, that's the first night. So if you're, if it's really windy out, you're just catching a lot of wind, but there's not a whole lot of exposure out that way. Okay. Cause, uh, uh cause I
0: don't, I don't know, uh, which way you guys would, uh, like we do the middle, we do the middle seven thing. Like I'm assuming that y'all would probably go right up that ridge, uh, to start. Probably. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's kind of one of my thoughts. You know, I don't really know where I'm at. I got to get up there and kind of feel it out. That's why I want to come out a little early. But kind of one of my Mm -hmm. thoughts was to start down in Chavano and just meet you guys at Yale like, you know, 15 hours before you guys are going to depart. I'll just start down in Chavano, you
1: know. Okay. That kind of. Well, yeah, man, let me know. I mean, that, keep me posted. we can link something up and set cars up on opposite side of peaks. And then we have, uh, you know, a starting point and an ending yeah. point and we can, you know, we can coordinate all that yeah, coming I, out.
0: I, you know, I kind of, I, I want to spend a little time by myself, you know, uh, uh, you know, if I do an attempt just to kind of really get connected with, with my mind and, and, uh, the mountains, you know, and, and, and uh, and, you know, really kind of build my confidence, you know, cause like the euphoria thing that we did last year really, I think it really took me to another level, you know, because when I tried Nolan's in 15 and 17, like I was still pretty scared of the mountains and, and, you know, being out there and, uh, but euphoria really kind of bridged that gap. And so I just want to spend a little time out there by myself and kind of see how it goes because, I mean, I think truly like to really get, the real connection that you're looking for, you got to do that whole thing by yourself, you know? Uh, And maybe I'm not ready for that this year. Maybe I come back some other year and try it by myself, but, and maybe this year, you know, have some people, you know, like with us doing the middle seven and that sort of stuff kind of, you know, kind of building that confidence. And that's um, because, I mean, you just can't take a guy that's an ultra runner and be like, okay, yeah, we're going to go do this. That's not really a a mountain, you know. That has experience in the mountains because they just, to me, they're just too big. You know,
1: you're 100 <laughs> percent right, man. I mean, that's kind of the mentality I I was at when I came in in 15. You know, I'd done some scouting and stuff beforehand, but it's it's not an ultra run. It's a mountaineering yeah. adventure. And, I
0: mean, even if you had tracks to follow, like I mean, you know, GPS track, and you're just following your track. Um, you know, if you haven't been out and done mountain type stuff. Like you'd see that track and you'd be like, I ain't going down there. No way. <laughs> you know, coming off of, <laughs> no, coming off of Antero on those big rocks or, you know, even going up up Princeton, you know, <laughs> it's so steep right there and, and stuff. You know? uh, yeah. uh, So, but now, I mean, I mean, ultimately one day I'd like to, you know, do the whole thing alone, uh, you know, unsupported, like that, like one guy deal with Andrew or somebody, um, Yeah. I'd like to do something like that. You know, this is not my year, of course, but maybe in two or three years, I'd like to give it a go unsupported. And, uh, and, you know, to really that, you know, as a real test of, of, uh, of, of doing it, you know, I think that'd be the
1: the ultimate experience because it would suck, (laughs) you know, you're right. It would suck. And, and it would be the ultimate. I, I agree with you. But, there, I mean, I'm
0: not, I'm not ready for anything like that this year. Um,
1: so, uh, but maybe a couple of peaks I could do by myself, you know? So. Yeah. Well, it sounds great, man. I mean, it sounds like your head and your heart are in the right place and you're coming to it with a, you know, a humble attitude. And that's sort of how you're approaching life right now yeah. too. So I think that, I yeah, right I, I
0: feel uh, pretty humble right now, man, or, or humbled, uh, you know, the kind of life knocks mm-hmm. you down a peg and, and you have to start reassessing and, you know, looking at, you know, how uh, you interact with people. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been talking with that therapist lady, you know, and she's like, basically you just don't know how to communicate with people and, and you don't have a lot of empathy and, uh, and you don't like to to be vulnerable around folks. And I was like, oh yeah you're right <laughs> uh so so it's something i've you know I've been working on with her, and you know I still have to to work on uh, especially the communication uh with with others and so it's it's been good so i you know uh, like i said I've, uh humility is is uh, if you
1: can get a hold of it it's uh, good for you you know percent yeah no, I've always sucked at the communication thing too especially when I was drinking, but that's a lot of the reason I started this podcast is just so that I can communicate with my friends and kind of immortalize their stories and blow them up a little bit and just practice communicating. Cause yeah, that was something yeah, I saw well, that kind of,
0: you know, taking the focus, you know, off yourself and, and really, you know, focusing on other people. And, you know, I've struggled with that my whole life, you know, cause uh, you get in situations with, you know, step parents and family members and you know different stuff to where you're just always on guard and you're trying to just protect whatever you got to protect you know and and you can't even consider other people because you're so worried about you know getting hurt or you know somebody taking advantage of you or that sort of thing and and uh so um that and so that you know when you get it's it works good when you're little but when you get to be an adult then uh, you know, it, it actually has a negative uh, effect where, um, you know, you can't, you can't put others before yourself and that sort of thing. So, um, so that's kind of what I'm working on with the therapist lady, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, good for you, man. You're, you're a hundred percent on the right track and I'm glad you're talking with someone and you got a couple of male friends that you can kind of communicate and bounce ideas off of. Um, I mean that's basically what the AA yeah. program is. So um yeah, man, you're you're on the path. So stay on okay, the path. Brother.
0: Well cool. Uh I'll I'll be hitting you up and uh we'll cool. get
1: linked up and
0: in June we'll maybe go back some peaks. I'm gonna take the whole week off, so I'll be up there all that you know, week of the fifteenth through whatever, twentieth and and uh Okay. So yeah, it'll be fun uh to catch up and maybe I can Ask you a bunch of questions, you know, get to know a little bit more about you, you know.
1: For sure, and hey, it's going to be fun to get together with uh, Julian and, and like you said earlier, get the band back together and rehash some old times. I, I have a feeling, yeah, we're gonna have yeah, a good it's going to be
0: good. Uh, I talked with Will too, and and depending on his his uh, ankle and stuff, uh, he's going to be coming out with us, and and so it's it's going to okay. be it's going to be real fun, you, you know, and I'm sure that. Uh, if we're going to be doing that on 4th of July that with races getting canceled and X, Y, Z, and uh, you know, I'm sure that there's going to be other people that we all know that, but like, Hey, I, I'm going to come out there too, you know? And so we may end up having yeah, a big party, yeah. you
1: know, 10, 15 of us out there. it will be a party in the swatch range. Yeah. Again. Yeah, no doubt.
0: It'd be, it'd be kind of nice, you know, kind of connect like, uh, some of, um, people down in the Springs that, uh, Julian's knows. And, you know, uh, I don't know him too well, but be kind of nice to, to, you know, if there was, you know, if there was more than four of us, I wouldn't be opposed to it, you know? Uh, and, you know, I mean, of course people that have some experience, of course, but, you know, I don't, I I hate to be up there with Mm -hmm. someone that, you know, had, didn't have a lot of experience and then have to worry about them, you know, a
1: lot, you know? Yeah. Well, you know how it goes. I mean, there's people that come out and they'll do a peek or two with us and then they kind of have to find their own way down off the mountain because yeah. we're going to keep on yeah. going. Yeah. And, it's um, kind of it every, goes. every
0: man or woman for, for themselves, you know, kind of once you start like, you know, you're kind of on your own, <laughs> you know? That's um, true. That's
1: true. That's yeah, yeah, life.
0: So. Uh, it'll be fun. I'm really looking forward to coming out and seeing well, this, too, uh, brother. coming out and seeing everybody. So
1: me too, ma'am. Well, great talking to you, John. And uh congrats on the on the virtual race. You're a complete monster, man. I don't, I don't know how you did that, but uh <laughs> keep doing what you're your doing. You're, you're well, monster. thanks a lot,
0: Adam. I really appreciate it, man. Good chatting with you, brother
1: absolutely brother we'll talk soon okay man a take it summer easy. what did you guys think john sharp check him out find him online friend him he's a good buddy he's a good follow and he's a complete monster in the mountains not bad for a texas kid this guy can get after it. I mean, a thousand kilometers in 12 days. That is no joke. So, yeah, I hope you guys dug it. Uh, the Do Big Things podcast. Spread the word. Support it if you can. Um, let me know what you thought. If you liked it, great. Let me know. If you didn't like it, you want me to do something different, let me know. Feedback is always appreciated. Um, you can find me at big-things-crewing.com we're on Instagram uh, I think it's at big-things-crewing period period um, yeah Facebook you can find us all over the place and uh, if you need any training plans coaching plans we've got your back there too um, you want to get out the door and run your first mile we can help make that happen You want to run your first hundred mile? We can make that happen. Uh, whatever it is, we got your back. We want to help you guys do big things. So let me know. Let me know what you thought and let me know how you guys are doing. If you guys have any big things that you're doing in your life or any crazy stories from your past about big things you've done, give me a shout. Maybe we'll put you on the podcast. I'd love to talk with you. Hope you guys have a great week. We'll see you soon. Life is short. Do big things.